You are listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. You can find us at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. Happy listening. As Colin said, we're, we're continuing to dig into the, the prophetic sense for the year of 2022. Um, that being Colin's prophetic sense, the year of the re and Andrew's the year of climbing. Um, at the start of, or at the end of last year, I think it was November or December time, uh, Ruth was having a conversation with Andrew and Colin, um, and the, the subject of prophetic sense for the year came up, and she came home and she was telling me about their conversation, and I thought in my head, like she's talking to me, but in my head I'm going, God's never given me a prophetic sense for the year. And I was like, why has he never given me a prophetic sense for the year? And then I realized, it's because I've never asked him to, to be, to be perfectly honest. So for the next week, um, week, week and a half, I started to really pray and say, God, give, give, me, a, give me a prophetic sense for the year. Um, let me know what you're up to. Let, let, me, let me know what you, you, you want us to be about next year. Um, and just as it says in Matthew 7, 7 and 8, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. Um, he showed up as, as, as he normally does, and he, and he started to reveal to me uh, a prophetic sense for the year ahead. And the sense that God gave me that this was the year of rekindling and reigniting, that it would be a year where old friendships could be recovered, old discarded projects could be restarted, and that old hobbies and passions we once had could be rediscovered. So when Colin then gave his prophetic sense for the year to start, um, and it was the year of the re. I was pretty excited. I was pretty buzzing, and I was pretty pumped up. And I was like, "Yes, this year it is on. I'm going to get right into this." And I had all these thoughts in my head that all these things that I'd left um, behind in my past that I was going to be able to to get after them and go again, and, and you know, it would all be amazing. In reality, it hasn't worked out that way at all. There's been uh, one or two wee things that that have that have done and, and made some small changes but they have been significant. Um, one of my big passions in life is sport. It doesn't matter what it is. I love sport, any sport. I'll watch it no matter what it is. Um, and I used to play a lot of sport as well. In the last sort of 10 years, through various reasons, I've, I've stopped playing it. And um, I, w- I wanted to get back into it, especially because I've now got a son growing up and I want him to be into it, and I want to be able to play those things and enjoy them with him. Um, so I decided that's, that's one of the things that I want to rekindle, um, is my passion and, and stuff for sport. And I, I did try a wee bit during lockdown just to start to run again, um, but I just put on that much weight that it was wrecking my knees and I wasn't able to do it. So one of the small changes that I have made is that I've, I've, I've cut out bread, basically, out of my diet, and I've lost over half a stone. Um, so far, and I'm nowhere near where I want to be yet, but that is the plan, just to continue doing that, and then gradually be able to reintroduce sport back into my life. Um, so yeah, that, that's, 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 that's where I'm at with it all. I haven't done all those things that I'd thought in, in my head at the time, like I'm going to be able to do this, I'm going to be able to do that, and I'd started this in the garden, and I'm going to do that, and that's what we finished, and n- none of that has come to fruition as yet. Um, but, but we're only, at, we're only we're not even a quarter of the way through the year yet. There's plenty of time. Um, so 
that's what I would like to dig into this morning, uh, rekindle. Rekindle means revive a past feeling, relationship, relight a fire. Um, I consider to be myself a bit of an expert when it comes to rekindling, because when me and Ruth started dating, she broke up with me three or four times. <laughs> and if I hadn't rekindled that relationship, we wouldn't have been here today. Joel is especially glad. He's smiling and buzzing away there because if we hadn't rekindled that relationship, he wouldn't be here today either. Um, so, yeah, Second uh, Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 6 and 7 says this, For this is the reason I remind you to fan the flame, the gift, sorry, to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God, for God does not give you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. When Paul was writing the letter to Second Timothy, he was in prison, um, and things weren't going great for the early Christian church. The Roman Emperor Nero was in power at the time, and he viewed Christians with distrust, and he saw them as an easy target, and he blamed them for his own feelings as a leader. And later on, he executed Paul um, as, as one of the persecutions that he was doing against Christians. But the reason Paul is writing this letter to Timothy is because he knows that those persecutions are having an adverse effect on the church. He knows that things aren't going well. The early church had been scattered and Christians would have been living alone. They would have been in fear. They would have had to meet in secret. They would have felt vulnerable. Um, and second Timothy, Paul knows it's going to be his last words, and he wants them to make an impact. So he says to Timothy, fan in the flame. He wants him to rekindle the fire inside him. And that's, that is the first step when it comes to rekindling anything. The first step is you have to recognize and realize that the fire is going out. If you don't recognize and realize it, you're going to miss it, and the fire will just completely go. And if you've ever went or been camping in Northern Ireland, you will know that it is a lot harder to light a fire from scratch than it is to rekindle one that's already been burning. Um, years ago, when I was 14, 15, we went, um, I, was, I was a member of the BB, and we were doing our expedition badges. And part of the expedition badge, you had to uh, go and do hikes in, in the morns as teams. It's a bit like the Duke of Edinburgh. Um, not quite as intense. And this one day we, we, we went camping, uh, and there was six or seven of us in wee groups, um, and we, we all set off. And on the Saturday morning, the fog came, came down, and y y you couldn't see each other. You couldn't even see your hand, like if you held it out here. You could see it here, but, but not out here. And we were, we were lost. We were struggling to find where we were on the maps. We were trying to find a road which we could hear, cars going past on but we couldn't see it we were you know we were young we were only 14 15 so we we're like well, what do we do we got our whistles out we started blowing them <laughs> and uh, the officers came and gathered us all up um, and we we went on the walk together but we got we got to where we were camping that night and it was a wee forest near Fofany Dam and we got into the big clearing and a load of 14 year old boys camping were like we want, to get a, we want to get a fire going. Let's get the fire going. Let's get the fire lit. So gathered all the wood. Um, but because of the weather that day, it was, it was drenched through and it was soaking. And it was really hard to light. 
but we had our cooking utensils for the, for the weekend with something called a trangy, and you get it and you pour a wee bit of methylated spirits into it and you light it and you're able to cook and boil your water and do everything on that. But we decided that those methylated spirits would be better used to light this fire. <laughs> so we all got together and we got our methylated spirits and we put it on and we lit the fire and we got it going. And as, you know, in Northern Ireland, we love a good fire. So it was, it was pretty big, it was raging pretty hot um, and it was good and it kept us all warm but it was really difficult to get lit and we needed the methylated spirits to get it going. Unfortunately, that did mean there was no real hot food for the rest of the weekend and we were just living off crisps and chocolate and stuff in our, in our bags, but as 14, 15 year old kids, we didn't really mind it. Um, today, the church is affected by similar issues as the, the early church um, was, was coming up against in those times due to COVID and the pandemic and lockdown and restrictions, churches haven't been able to meet as they had before. And Christians have been scattered and spread out. Um, some of them have been alone. A lot of them will be fearful with what's going on with, with the pandemic. They, they don't want to catch it. They don't want to do anything with it. Um, and churches really suffered through lack of community, not just here in our own church, but, but loads of other churches. And the, that early church was going through this the same thing. Um, the enemy thrives when Christians can't do community together. He wants us to feel alone. He wants us to feel isolated, and he wants us to be vulnerable. God never intended for us to live in isolation. He specifically designed us to crave and thrive in relationship with others. We're our best selves when we're experiencing life's highs and lows with others. We need to lift each other up, and we need to spur each other on. We need community. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, put it like this. Let us now consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And we're talking with Gareth as we're setting up this morning and we're just asking questions. You know, do we think this pandemic's coming to an end? Are we getting to the stage where we're not going to have to test them all, to test and stuff anymore? And the general consensus does seem to be that that's, that's the way we're heading. The end is in sight. And hopefully, as we start to come out of the pandemic and move towards the end of restrictions, it's time to look around our lives and see what we'd left behind, to see what we need to rekindle. Um, ask yourself, is there anywhere you're missing out because you've left a particular fire untended in your life? Where can you fan into flame and ignite a passion for something that you once had? And I just want to insert a quick caveat here because, hey, yeah. <laughs> you want to give the rest of it? Yeah. Um, I just want to answer a quick caveat. There has been a season of shaking, and God does want to shake us loose of some of our own old habits and old um, ways of doing things that were holding us back and weren't letting us progress on our journey with him. Um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 27, uh, it says, At that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, 
Once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. So when you're looking back on your life and you're thinking, that's something I want to rekindle, please make sure that it is the Spirit that is asking you to rekindle it and not just something that your soul pines for and longs for from the past, because that will not be helpful. But if the Spirit is on it and the Spirit is saying, rekindle that, in that you will find joy, in that you will become closer to God, then go after it with everything that you have. Paul recognized that fear is the number one thing in our lives that stops us from achieving. If you let it overwhelm you, it will leave you paralyzed, unable to move forward. And in, this, in that verse, he says to Timothy, for God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and self-discipline. Has anybody seen the movie Lone Survivor? It's a bit of a bloke movie, I'm not going to lie. Um, it's based on, a, based on a true story. In 2005, there was a, a, a team of Navy SEALs, and they were deployed in Afghanistan in the, in, during the Afghan war, and they were tasked with finding a particular Taliban commander that had been responsible for the deaths of, of hundreds of Marines. Um, so this four-man team... Uh, one of the guys, his name is, is Marcus Lutterell, and, uh, and he is, he's the one that the, 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 the book and the, and the movie are based on. Um, they, they, they go into Afghanistan, they hike up into the mountains, and they're to basically um, observe and report on this village that this Taliban commander is supposedly in. Um, and they get in, and it's, it's no problem getting in. Um, and they're overlooking the village, and they're, they're hiding up in the forest, and, the, and they're, they're spying down into the village. And, and within a couple of hours, they, they spot the Taliban commander, and they're like, okay, we've got him. It's time to move on to phase two of the mission. And they were going to radio back to their base, and the rest of the team was going to come in, and they were going to you know, kill or capture this Taliban commander. But just at that stage, this herd of goats came through the forest, heading back down to the village and with the herd of goats came the, came the shepherds that were, that were leading the herd. Um, so the, 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 the Navy SEALs, they got the shepherds and they tied them up and they were wondering what to do with them. And they, they're, 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 they're Navy SEALs, they're trained, they don't kill innocent people. Um, so they didn't want to kill the shepherds, they didn't want to leave them tied up because, you know, they didn't know what would happen to them. If they left them tied up, goats are just going to follow that path anyway and not wait in those shepherds and get down to the village. And the villagers are going to go, where's the shepherds? And they're going to go looking for them and find them tied up with American cable ties and go, oh, <laughs> there's an issue here. So they're, they're, they're debating what to do. And they, they basically, they cable tie them behind their backs and they let them go. And the two shepherds run off towards the village. So the the American soldiers are like, right, we, we need to get out of here now. They're, they're, they're going to find us. So they start to move out, of the villa, or move out of the forest where they are, and there's a peak of a mountain, and they're like, when we get there, we'll be able to get radio signal, and we'll radio back, and we'll get a helicopter to come and get us. But when they get to the peak, it's a false peak, 
and there, there's loads more hills and they still can't get signal. Um, so as they're deciding what to do, they're hiding in this forest. They, they quickly realize that they're getting surrounded. Um, there's only four of them and they're completely outnumbered. They're surrounded on all sides um, and they can, see the, they can see the people that are surrounding them and they've got RPGs like grenade launchers and everything and they, they, it's not going to be good. <laughs> um, and at the start of that gunfight, the, the, the gunfight lasts three and a half hours and during it, those guys are having to throw themselves off cliffs just to try and get away, just to try and get a bit of respite um, for a minute. But as they throw themselves on the cliffs, again, they're, the, 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 the enemy just keeps coming and keeps coming after them um, and pinning them down in different areas. And Marcus, Marcus Luttrell is the only guy that, that survives, um, sur survives the mission. And he says, at the start of that three and a half hours, I had all my friends and I had all my kit with me. And at the end of that three and a half hours, all my friends were dead, and I was naked in a hole in Afghanistan. They'd beat them that badly that his clothes were literally ripped off him, and he was naked in a hole. And he said at that point, that was the only stage, the only time in his entire life where he has been afraid. And he says, there is a difference between experiencing fear and being afraid. We will all experience fear in our lives. We just will. The world is a scary place. And when you, when you step out, you will experience fear. It's how you deal with it that, that, that makes you or breaks you. If you let fear seep in um, and become part of you, you will become afraid. And he says, being afraid leaves you a quivering mess, unable to think or move. When he had his friends, he was ready to fight. But when they were taken away, he was afraid and he was alone. And he hid in that hole for a couple of days until the thirst drove him on so much that he had to get out um, and try and find some water. Um, you see, fear of rejection, fear of getting hurt, fear of offending someone, fear of not being able to cope, fear of the unknown, or whatever fear it is with you, if you leave it unchecked, will leave you a quivering mess, unable to think or move. But God does not want us to live in fear. He says, for God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. Is there anywhere in your life where you're letting fear rob you of the opportunity to rekindle something that God wants you to thrive in? If you find yourself answering yes to that question, Psalm 34, verse four and five says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears and those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. With shame. Seek the Lord and tell him about your fears. You will not be disappointed with what he does with them. The last thing I want to talk about today is commitment. And even if you're not going to rekindle anything in your life, if you can master this principle, it'll change your life. Paul says, For God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power 
and of love and self-discipline. There is no point rekindling a fire just to leave it unattended and let it burn out again. A fire needs a constant source of fuel to keep burning. If the Spirit is highlighting things to you that He wants you to rekindle, then there, are, there is a reason behind it, so don't let it burn out. Starting something or even rekindling something can be overwhelming at first. And if you don't nail it at the start, you can struggle to keep going and build the habit. There's a motivational speaker called James Clear, um, and he focuses on habits, decision-making, and continuous improvement. And he has this technique called the two-minute rule. And the idea is that whatever habit you're trying to make, you scale it down to the first two minutes. Um, And he got the idea from a reader of one of his books that that got in touch with him after reading his book. Um, And this reader was um, really overweight, really wanted to lose weight and, and get back into shape in his life. But he just couldn't, he just couldn't get, it, get it going. Um, so what he decided to do was he was going to go to the gym every single day. But he made a rule with himself that he set an alarm for five minutes. And no matter what he was doing, he packed up and left the gym after the five minutes. Even if it was the middle of an exercise, he just got up and he walked out. And you think, well, how, how did he, like the guy ended up losing over 100 pounds, and you're like, well, how, how, did he, how did he end up losing 100 pounds? He only stayed for five minutes. He wasn't even completing exercises. But what he was doing, he was mastering the art of showing up. He kept showing up because a, a habit must be established before it can be improved. And if he hadn't mastered that art of just keeping showing up every day, if he had went and just went hell for leather at the gym early doors, he wouldn't have lasted. The habit, he had never formed the habit. It, it, it would have knackered him and he'd have given up. He'd have been like, oh, I'm sore today, I'm not going to go. But for the first six weeks, five minutes, he went and he started to build that habit. Every day he was there. Um, can I get the, the worship guys up? Don't get overwhelmed by the task ahead. If God is saying, rekindle your love of reading, don't plan on reading two books a week. Start with two pages a day, but build the habit and keep showing up. If he was saying, rekindle your love of playing an instrument, don't start with Mozart's Fifth Symphony. Try a chord a week, but build the habit and keep showing up. If he is saying, rekindle your love of running, don't sign up for a marathon. Start with a lap around the local park, but build the habit and keep showing up. Colin was showing us the keys there um, earlier, and DCB is is now moving into a new era. We're going to have our own building, our own place to call our home, and that's really exciting times. And as we move in there and we start to build our community and our culture, we need to master the the art of showing up. The opportunities to build community and culture are going to grow and grow and grow. But if we don't master the art of showing up, everyone's going to lose out. Because everybody in this room 
And everybody that can't make it today because they've got COVID or whatever else has something to offer and something to give. And if you don't show up, we all, we all lose out. Like, there's been loads of times over the years where Colin or Andrew or whoever has preached the message on a Sunday and you listen to it and you think that's good and, and that, that's good and I can see where that might, might work in my life but you're not really that sold on it. You go to a small group on a Wednesday or a Thursday and somebody says, see this bit that you said, that meant this to me and that meant this to me and they draw it out and it's so incredible just what hearing what those things are doing in other people's lives spurs you on. It opens your eyes and you're like, I can really grab hold of that now. I didn't have it before, but I can grab hold of it. But if we don't show up, then everybody misses out. Um, let's stand together. Some questions for you to consider. Where does God want to bring more joy into your life by rekindling a fire that is dimming? Do you want to be free from fear? Do you need to master the art of keep showing up? If you can answer yes to any of those questions, just come and join me now at the front. We're going to worship for a time. listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. Remember to check us out at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk and have a great week.